Welcome to the Weekly Standard Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Graham. With us from the Weekly Standard is our good friend, Bill Crystal. And Bill, I have to tell you, it is very difficult for me to remain sober. I don't mean sober-minded. I mean to keep my hands off the Bushmills. Every morning I see the headlines and I want to start drinking. Well, that's encouraging, Michael. That's good to hear. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, there are some reasons to be a little worried about things and to seek seek solace elsewhere, I would say. Um, what strikes me the most, you know, it occurred to me yesterday as I was making some remarks about the election in New York. We really, if you came down from Mars and looked at this presidential election, and this will depress you even more if you haven't thought of it, that you probably have, uh, it's a third world presidential election. We have a socialist who's learned nothing from the last, you know, 40 or 50 years of socialism being tried, last century really of socialism being tried, I guess you could say. Um, we have a, 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 an establishment sort of uh, crony government elite family member trying to keep control of things uh, in their fa- extended family and extended family and organization. And then we have a, a rich demagogic populist who's playing on people's anxieties. So, I mean, it's, it really is kind of your classic presidential race in Argentina or, you know, some sort of part of East Europe that hasn't quite attained what we think of as sort of serious levels of responsible representative democracy. And we have somehow degenerated into this. And we've done so pretty fast, because whatever you think of the previous candidates of both parties, I would say, they were sort of reasonable people with some credentials, mostly, and some some attachment to some part of the American political tradition, even if not, you know, the parts we always liked, like, you know, progressivism in the case of Obama or something. But here we we just have a third world race. It's, it is very depressing. I, I So I'm, I'm not here to cheer you up. <laughs> well, at least you went from it's a little concerning to very depressing. Because yeah, that's exactly. what I was wondering. Was, I, I'm sorry, I find this very depressing. Independent so, candidate, then we can all be cheered up and um, we'll continue to work on that and we'll see who emerges. But there, too, the, the degree to which the pundits and the operatives want to throw water on that, even at the expense of sometimes telling the truth, which is not that impossible to do. And the poll that was released this week shows there's a huge demand for it. I mean, two-thirds of the voters would like to have a choice other than Clinton or Trump. Twenty percent say right away they'd be for an independent candidate. Maybe that number's a little high. It's probably got some Sanders supporters in there who wouldn't end up supporting the kind of independent candidate we'd like. But it does suggest that an independent candidate could, I think, pretty easily actually get to around 15 percent, get in the debates, have a real outside path. To, to even winning, uh, certainly shake things up, provide a place for decent conservatives and a lot of moderates and independents, uh, someone to vote for. But again, the, the degree to which the political elites, this is another thing that's depressing, are, are sort of, I don't know, sort of kind of decadence almost, you know, it's just, well, we can't do anything about it, let's accommodate this. I mean, it's hard to get on the ballot, it's, you know, it's a little time-consuming, takes some money, and hasn't been done that often, so let's just say it can't be done. That's also not a good sign about our country, I think. No, it's not. I mean, the fact that it's hard doesn't mean it's not the right thing to do, and that's, you know, one of the conversations. As a radio talk show host, you know, I deal with a lot more of kind of the you know, day-to-day topics, not the, you know, political philosophy and underpinning topics. And this is one of the themes that uh, my listeners I've talked about for years is somehow we've decided, oh, is it hard? Is it difficult? Does it make you feel uncomfortable? Well, then don't do it. Something's wrong here. And I, 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 I think about our republic or conservative leaders the same way I think about the Europeans after 9-11. There were so many Europeans who said, I always thought freedom was valuable. I always thought freedom was important. I never thought I would have to be the one to fight for it. I never thought I would have to actually make a sacrifice for this lifestyle. I just thought it would just be here and be easy. Now that it's hard, am I really prepared to make the sacrifice? And when I see, Bill, that not a single conservative leader 
seems prepared to step up and say, look, I know this is a really tough fight. I know that I'm going to have a lot of negativity, but somebody has to defend these values just because they need defending. It's very depressing. Well, let's, you know, let's see if someone does. But it is, there's a kind of, <clears throat> yeah, a little bit of a lack of spirit there. I mean, uh, look, it's hard. it is hard. And uh, you can see why in, in each individual case, you can see why this person or that person is reluctant to do it or even why it's reasonable for him or her not to do it. But when he added it all up, you end up with a, a vacuum of leadership. It's interesting. I had a, uh, was at a conference with Peter Thiel, the Silicon Valley entrepreneur, uh, Facebook, Palantir, all these uh, PayPal, really an interesting thinker as well. And he made this point in general about the society that we seem to become very risk averse. You know, when you go to the business school or go to a, uh, a corporate meeting, it's about minimizing risk. Uh, you're making sure the downside isn't too bad, diversifying your portfolio. I mean, obviously, all reasonable things to do to a degree. But the sort of notion that let's bet on something or let's really, you know, have an ambitious attempt to achieve something, right. uh, that seems to have. I don't know. People have lost faith in the future, I suppose. There are reasons to do that because government's messed up and other things have not turned out the way we would have hoped. But uh, you can't really have a flourishing, vigorous, energetic society without that kind of faith and hope in the future. Uh, but now that Mitt Romney has been quoted as saying that he's uh, you know, not going to continue to even look for someone to run, is the third party conversation over simply because no one's prepared to do it? No, but I mean, I've heard from two congressmen for tourists in the last 24 hours interested in having a conversation. It's getting a little late. I mean, well, it'll be harder the later it goes. A couple of states would have to be, you'd have to sue to get on the ballot. You'd have to scramble to organize in June. I've been saying informally for a second week of June really becomes kind of a real deadline. I mean, you can get on a bunch of state ballots later than that. So I think it'll be a busy couple of weeks, and we'll see whether someone steps forward or not. I, I'm struck, though. I was giving a talk yesterday to a group in New York. I mean, how many people do want that? And these were serious people and, and uh, would invest something in it, I think. Uh, people do have the sense that, I mean, oh, my God, we're not going to do better than Clinton and Trump. It's just so horrifying. Uh, so one last question. Are you as, as uh, depressed as I am by the willingness of Republicans to jump on the bandwagon with uh, Trump I mean, I, I think about it once again from a talk radio background of having spent 15 years talking to people about principles and conservatism and what we believe and why we're the party of ideas and they're the party of identity. And now I just see this identity politics you know, runaway train and people rushing to get on. Forget those ideas. Drop my conservatives. I just want to get on their bandwagon. I mean, there's obviously some of that, a lot of that, and a lot of lobbyists and all people now, especially it looks like Trump might have a chance to win because Hillary does turn out to be just an astonishingly weak candidate. So that's one of the really the things that – she would ask me to predict that poll that the, the Weekly Standard reported on this week that the data targeting of Florida did. I would have said, you know, the independent might do pretty well, but that vote would come mostly from Trump. It comes as much, actually a tiny bit more from Hillary at this point. And it turns out she does not have the normal Democratic base. She's so – Popular and so inspiring, <clears throat> even to Democrats. So, you know, the the left doesn't like her. At uh, least she's too establishment. And actual old-fashioned traditional Democrats just think she's not uh, of sound character. So, the degree to which um, uh, she's weak is really astonishing. And then, Bill, the other news for sports fans: after years of telling us that the term Washington Redskins is wildly offensive, after government edicts 
made based on the premise that the term Washington Redskins is wildly offensive. It turns out that the only people offended by it are painfully white suburbanite liberal occupods and editorial writers in Washington, D.C. Nine out of ten American Indians not offended by Redskins. It is amazing. I don't know how big a story this was in the rest of the country, but here in Washington, the uh, politically correct, this was one of their major crusades. Uh, turns out to have been just their own kind of, they were uh, offended. The people who allegedly should have been offended weren't offended. Um, but this is why Donald Trump is strong, isn't it? I mean, the, the insane political correctness, and he at least seems to speak against it. Not that he ever did anything as a corporate titan to fight it that I know of. Not that he contributed to organizations, uh, spoke up at the time, uh, took any risks to really take it on. But he caught on that he hit on this issue when he launched his campaign, and I, I think the other Republican candidates didn't do much on this. They've been intimidated on so many of these politically correct issues. It's really a key to Trump's success, the attack on political correctness. I don't think it's real. I don't think there's much evidence that he'd do much about it, that he's thought deeply about it. But uh, there's a way in which the Obama administration and the regime of liberal political correctness has created its kind of inverse, the, the Trump phenomenon. N- neither, I think, is healthy. But it's also uh, uh, hilarious to me that people are still insisting that the Redskins should be banned, even if nobody's offended, because they should be offended. What is more patronizing and elitist than I'm going to be offended on your behalf because you poor Native Americans are just too you know, poorly educated or intellectually limited to understand how offended you should be? I mean, I don't know. That, that, to me, that is like the poster slogan for the modern American left. Yeah, that is literally, I think Marxists call that false consciousness. So we have Bernie Sanders, an economic Marxist. We have the kind of psychological Marxist of the American left. Uh, and then in reaction, we have Trump, who's not a healthy reaction. So have a nice weekend, Michael. Uh, I'm already pricing property in Venezuela. Oh, wait. Bill Crystal, thanks so much for joining us. You've been listening to the Weekly Standard Podcast. Please be sure to check weeklystandard.com regularly for podcast updates. I'm your host, Michael Graham.